Hello everyone and welcome to episode 71 of the Facebook Live Real Estate Marketing Power Hour with Pam. So today we're going to focus on your sanity and your productivity. You may think those two are mutually exclusive, but they're not. <laughs> so I just want to remind you that these episodes are recorded so that you can on this page, this Facebook page, which is the SOS Inc. marketing page, you can go to the left tab where videos are and you can see all 71 episodes. This is also, um, these episodes are, good morning, Jennifer. Um, these episodes are also on SoundCloud and I shared the link. Um, I will have to uh, share it out again, but it's also on iTunes and you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes and just search for power words for real estate and you will see all of the episodes. So, or most of the episodes, most of the recent episodes. Um, so episode 70 is already up on iTunes and SoundCloud. So you can find it there. And we talked about how do you get to five listings per, or five clients per month or five listings a month. And so if you miss that one, it's really important that you watch that. But also it's important. We talk about that every week, frankly. We talk about branding. We talk about standing out from other agents. And now what we're talking about is how do you as a realtor or a real estate agent stand out from the iBuyers and the self-service brokerages because they really are starting to um, take a lot more of market share than they have in the past. And they're not going away. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading about that. And um, the bottom line is, is that it's an appealing model. And we're going to talk about today about that productivity and sanity factor as to how you balance those with how do you add value to your life and your clients' lives in order to make sure that the human aspect and the value that you bring um, are actually um, realistic to the client. Because one of the articles that I was reading Agents were saying, well, we're, you know, we, we went through training and we did this and we did that. These services are good. I mean, they, they know how to uh, reuse technology to do most of the work. And that's actually how they're so effective and efficient. Um, yes, they have issues, but I've got news for you. So does every real estate agent and realtor. So the question is, which is least painful? That's really how a buyer and a homeowner look at it. Which is the least painful way for me to sell my house, for instance? Okay, so um, let's talk about and get started with um, the fact that this is April and, and springtime, and it depends on where you are in the country. So in Arizona, we st our real estate um, picks up in January and it usually goes until May. But then there's people who also move in the summertime because their kids are out of school. So we still get that. Um, and depending on how good your marketing is, you should not see this, even in the winter. You should not see that sign curve of uh, peaks and valleys. But the reason why that, that happens is because you stop marketing or you, you slow down. Well, I'll only do one postcard every couple of months. Yeah, so I've forgotten you by then. If you don't send me one every two weeks, or if you're not on Facebook consistently, if I don't see your sponsored ad that has something of value um, that's not just a picture of a house, 
um, you're out of my mind. Out of sight, out of mind, right? And we all subscribe to that. We all understand it. So you have to think about um, staying in front of people. Brands have to stay in front of people. However you decide to do it, and of course, Facebook ads is the cheapest way to do it, um, but you have to do that. And so as a result, you know, I want you at five clients per month. Uh, that may seem aggressive. So, you know, for some of you, it might be one client a month or two clients a month. But because real estate is so variable and because we're seeing interest rates go up and buying power go down, that means the housing prices will eventually drop as well. I want you to make hay while the sun shines, as my um, dad used to say, um, which is make the money now, continue with your marketing, and and use this methodology to handle five clients per month so you can take that money and set it aside for um, what my dad also used to call is a rainy day. Um, and depending on where you are, in, like we would love a rainy day in Arizona right now. Uh, so so the whole idea here, good morning, Kelly. Um, the, the, the idea here is that there's an opportunity and it's a window. All opportunities have a beginning of a window and an end of a window. And if you miss that window, one, you'll be kicking yourself. And two, your, your pesky people that you, know, that you have a mortgage with or your creditors are going to get upset with you too. And we don't want that. I don't want any of you stressed about paying your bills or being able to take a vacation or being able to travel wherever you want. So that's the benefit of paying attention to these skills that you have to um, that you have to subscribe to because if you don't it's you're gonna pay the price your business will pay the price and your life will pay the price your health so if you're doing the same marketing that you were doing even two years ago and let's be honest every uh, real estate coach that you talk with, every templated type service that's out there, it's the same stuff that was out there 10 or 20 years ago. Um, and that's why I created Power Words is because I have 30 years of marketing experience and I actually do training every week to get educated on what's working and what's not working. So you can go ahead and use the pretty template, but I want you to use the, my words in that template because that's what's going to get the results, okay? So whatever you do, don't use the stuff that they have and, and certainly don't use the formatting of the words, those large paragraphs. So if you're going to get to five clients a month, and that was last week's session, um, you have to use the right words. And, and you have to decide to either you're going to have to hire someone or you're going to have to do it yourself. You have to decide where that's going to go. And, and, and you have to get your marketing act together. The, the bottom line here, again, is marketing is going to be the difference between you and everyone else. Whether it's that irritating agent who gets all the listings in your neighborhood, and why wouldn't people be calling you? Because they don't know you exist. It's true. You're the best kept secret. So what you have to do is something that Kelly's actually doing, which is you know, she's creating, um, she's, she's getting out a lot more. So the deal is three times a week, you've got to get out of the house or get out of the office and go sit someplace where you're going to get visibility. 
Okay, so, so you know, Kelly did this card and she's going to a women's networking meeting and she's handing out cool things that they're going to keep. And it just so happens that the cool thing they're going to keep has her pretty face on it, along with a call to action and and her tagline that that's cool. It's interesting. It's it's helping you navigate the the Seattle real estate scene, right? So it's hip and it, and where she's at with Amazon and Boeing and everybody else up there in Seattle area, um, this is a keepable thing. So bear that in mind as we talk about getting busy, that you still have to do this stuff. And that's the other reason I started Power Words was to make it easier for you so that you don't get overwhelmed with the five clients a month and all of a sudden you stop your marketing. Because that big gap that's going to happen when those five clients are gone is going to cause you a lot of financial stress. Because they're only gonna, that money will only last so long and you will have stopped marketing. And it usually takes... And Hal, this is for you, um, three to six months for you to build up your market visibility. So if you just uh, allocate, you know, $5 a day or $10 a day to Facebook to put your brand in front of, uh, you know, 2,000 people, um, at, you know, it's usually between 500 and 1,500, depending on the size of your audience, um, you know, then you're, you're getting visibility. People are seeing your brand, Okay. And that's worth it. And that's where some of that money should go to, by the way. 10% of any check that you bring home has to go towards your marketing budget and cannot be touched. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. I, I think every real estate agent knows that financial stress. So here are three skills that you absolutely need to both be productive and stay sane and be successful. So the first one and those of you who know me know about what I'm, I'm going to say, which is task management. You know, people always say, oh, well, I need time management skills. You can't manage time. You can manage what you do with it. Thus, task management, okay? You're managing what you do during the time that you have. And so the, the number one, I mean, you look at millionaire business coaches like, uh, Jim Rowan, who's no longer with us, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, they're always going to tell you to write down at, you know, when you close out at the end of the day or, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon or whenever it is, write down what you need to do tomorrow. So on Power Words, in um, the first module, in it's section four, so it's four down, the number four. There is this tool. It's a sheet of paper with lines on it, I know. However, if you print it off, and you print, I don't know, 10 of them off, you have to write them down. You can't just type them in. It doesn't work that way. So, and I know a lot of you try to use calendars, and that doesn't work either. You have to write it down. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because, one, I've heard those objections before, but two, the, my coaching clients that actually do this, save themselves about 20 to 40% of their time during the week. They get back those hours. And they're like, I had no idea. I got nothing done today because I didn't do my list. So you have to do your list. So again, write down what each thing is. And then one of the things that I added was the priority, which is always there, but start time and end time. One of the things that we tend to do, and the reason why we say, oh, I have to work a 15-hour day, is because... Um, 
we don't, we're not good at estimating calories or time. <laughs> Go figure. So the, the time quotient, if you think a task is going to take you 15 minutes, double that time. It's going to take you 30 minutes. This will, this will reduce a significant amount of stress in your life because most people do not have a clue how long a task is going to take. So in your mind, if you say, oh, that'll take like an hour, plan for two. Here's the beautiful thing about planning for two. If you're right, all right, or close to being right, <laughs> then um, you will be able to have more time to be less stressed and to take a breather and kind of get your head around what your next task is. There's no reason why you couldn't start your next task, but the point is if you're wrong and you and the time and the task that you're looking at doing takes twice as long as you anticipated, huge amounts of stress, you start to make mistakes. That's a big deal. You start to make mistakes and then you have to clean up the mistakes and then you get frustrated. Now it's taking three times or four times as long. So do yourself a favor, estimate how long a task takes. And the reason why I have start time and end time here is because I want you to start getting a feel for how long these tasks do really take. Because otherwise you're never going to learn how long something really does take. You're just gonna be guessing. And guessing is bad when you're running a business. It's your income that you're guessing about here. So be careful. So then, um, so always double the amount of time that you think it's something's going to take. Now, the other best practice from most coaches, so you're gonna do this again, plan tomorrow today. Okay, plan tomorrow today. So at the end of your day, you're gonna write down everything that, um, that you have to do tomorrow. Then you're going to circle the three that are most important to your business. Now, if you have appointments, like a medical appointment or a, a showing, put that down here and circle it. it. You know, that's okay, but the top three are things that you have to do that aren't appointments. All right, and, and um, science shows that those three things will account for 90% of the things that would actually contribute and grow your business, 90%. Yeah, because you picked the top three. Now, if you find yourself with extra time, work on one of those top three. Chip off each, you know, whatever that task may be. It might be writing Facebook posts and scheduling them. It might be doing photos you know, have a tripod set up and, you know, do some cute photos and, or, you know, uh, go to the meeting early and ask, uh, you know, people, hey, can I, can I do a stage shot with us pointing to this piece of paper and me looking at you and then let's both look up at the camera and let's do some shots. Not the kind that you're thinking of, Kelly. <laughs> Photo shots. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So the, the whole concept here is to leverage the time that you do have intelligently. Because if you start working on task number four, five, or six, you've already determined that those tasks are not that important because you have three that you know are important. So think about that when you're, when you're creating your three, what things you know, are gonna contribute most to your business. Because most of us write, you don't even write down a list. And it's like, oh yeah, that's right, I need to do that. Oh yeah, that's right, I need to do that. Now here's the funny thing, is that most people will say, oh, well, you know, it's because I'm getting older, I have to write this stuff down. No, you are running a business. 
You're the CEO of this business. If you don't write it down, bad things happen to your bank account. This has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with memory. It has to do with the fact that you're the CEO. And you need to write this stuff down and prioritize it. If you don't, you will find yourself frantic, insane, as well as having no business, right? So oh, none of those things are good, guys. So we don't want that. Um, <laughs> so, so Kelly said, uh, you know, she says she doesn't do those kind of shots, sweet white wine. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's good to know. Um, so the whole idea here, um, so we've written down those three. What you want to do is, is if you have, now we all have daily things that we do. All right. And, and that's kind of our list of stuff. Okay. So emails, uh, returning phone calls appointments. Okay. Those three things end up being on this list and you can put an A or an M. So A for appointment, M for meeting or, or whatever it might be. But here's the catch. Emails are a great way to lose an entire day. Okay. Because you know, someone will respond immediately to you. You'll respond to them. It goes back and forth, back and forth. That's not a good way for you to manage your time and manage your tasks. So what I suggest that you do is consolidate your tasks. And this is a big deal with Brian Tracy as well. And as you guys know, I was a, a Brian Tracy coach. So first you want to do categorize your emails at, you know, that you're going to read as many as you can in 30 minutes. Look for the ones that require a response. Don't read anything that's informational, except for my emails. Uh, mostly because my emails actually have content in them that you can use that day. Um, but, but even so I'm a half kidding, right? You, you don't have to read my emails. I want you to read your client emails and then look and see who you've heard from <laughs> and, and, um, and go from there. Thank you guys. I got all sorts of hearts there and love. Um, but, but you want to categorize your emails, uh, at 8 a.m. And then every three hours thereafter. So look at them at 8 a.m. for 30 minutes, move on. At 11 a.m., 30 minutes, move on. 2 p.m., 30 minutes, move on. And then 5 p.m., 30 minutes, move on. Or 4, you know, you pick, whenever you close down. The idea here is, is that your, your brain functions best and most efficiently if you consolidate similar tasks. If you're reading an email, then you're going over and looking at paperwork, and then you're back here and you're trying to figure out, oh, the phone rang, I gotta answer that, somebody texted me, somebody Facebook messaged me. You're just constantly doing, you know, head back and forth, back and forth. Your brain does not handle that well. It creates stress, it creates mistakes, and you don't really get anything done. And that's the problem. That's where all that time is going. Yes, I was a Brian Tracy coach when you first met me, uh, Kelly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was a Brian Tracy coach for six years. <laughs> um, at EXP, I was their national business coach. I was also a Brian Tracy coach at the same time. Um, so yeah, I coached right next to Brian Tracy at his workshops. Um, so he's a really interesting individual, very regimented. Um, so, which is probably why we got along, right? Um, so consolidating similar tasks. So that might be you have two or three buyers. Do all of your MLS searches at the same time. You know, Joe, Susie, and, and Pat. 
And, and, you know, it's like, okay, they want to look in this neighborhood, do all of those. Then next, you know, do the next ones and then the next ones. And, but don't do, oh, well, I'll do Joe's right now. And then I'll do Susie's, you know, this afternoon. And then I'll do Pat's later on tonight. Don't do that. Do it all at once. Similar tasks. Your brain gets very efficient at looking at exactly what it is you need to do. Have you ever done a series of phone calls where you um, pick up the phone in the first call, yeah, things are a little rough, but you you know you talk with the person. The next time it's a little better, and the next time it's a little better. That's what that is. That's your brain refining and learning instantaneously, so that as you make phone calls, your uh, vocabulary, your intent, your communication skills are much more finely honed. The same is true with emails. Any activity your brain does, it prefers to do a bunch of them at one time. Um, so, next thing. Fear of missing out. FOMO. Yep, you guys got it. Just saying. You're, you're afraid that somehow your client's going to email you and they're going to perceive that you're unresponsive. Doubtful. That's kind of egocentric. It's also paranoid, and, and so, so let's walk through that logic for a second. You wanna be responsive, why? What is your biggest fear if an hour, two, or in, my ca in, in the case of my example with emails, 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 2 p.m., they send an email at 11.45, and you don't get back to them until 2.15. What horrible thing happened in that period of time? Where's, where's that fear coming from? It's a fear that, that they're going to think you're not, you don't care, you're not responsive, and in reality, no one expects you to perform to that level. So there's a fear you're gonna lose the business, you'll lose the referral, you'll upset them, you're, you're, you're failing. There's a fear that that indicates failure. Get over it. The bottom line is nobody thinks that way. Nobody judges you because it took you three hours to get back to me, okay? So that's a big problem. That's an insecurity, that's a self-esteem thing. Think through that, work through that, because it's not necessary. You're putting yourself, you're setting an expectation for yourself that's unrealistic. It's also painful, and um, it's, it's difficult to live up to, so you're constantly beating yourself up which is a negative activity, clearly. It interferes with your positive experiences and it interferes with your ability when you do respond to respond in, a, in an upbeat and helpful manner, okay? So get over the fear of missing out or somehow being judged, okay? Now, um, you know, the, the other uh, factor in task management is making sure that you allocate enough time. Like, so when I talk about consolidating tasks, let's talk about 30 to 60 minutes, okay? 30 to 45 is usually what I do, and then I allow a 15 minute gap because I have an idea of how long things take. And that's because I did this. I wrote down when it starts, when it ends, and I know how long doing a Facebook post takes, doing a Facebook ad takes. Um, you know, finding, finding photos, sizing photos so they upload properly in Facebook ads versus Facebook posts, all that stuff, okay? So I know how long that takes and then I add a buffer of 15 minutes. And that's how I keep my sanity. Uh, we're assuming that that's the case. 
So the next thing, so that was task management. Now we're going to talk about boundary management. So this dude was on, was my Facebook guy representing juggling five different clients, right? Whether they're buying or selling. So see how he's smiling? He's a happy dude. That should be you. Here's what you shouldn't look like. <laughs> I love this woman. She's like, oh my God, I can't deal with this anymore. And he's just like wiping his face. That's hysterical. And and look at her. She's, she's like, I cannot believe that this client is, is doing this to me. So we don't want you to be these people. <laughs> we want you to be happy dude. Okay. Makes sense, guys? Thumbs up. Um, so, so the idea here is with boundary management, um, I'm going to hold this guy up because he's cute. Um, when you sign the paperwork, <laughs> thank you. I just want to make sure everybody's still there and this is resonating. Um, so when you sign the paperwork, whether it's buyer or seller, I would suggest that you establish one preferred way to communicate. One preferred way. Here's why. And also the timing. So when, when is it that's best to communicate? So I wrote a little script for you. Uh, <laughs> um, is if, if we text and email, so you're talking to your client. If we text and we email and I call or you call me, that's not a very effective way to communicate. And we are both likely to miss a message, which is very true. Because you've got Facebook messages, you know, cluttering your, your screen. Then people are texting you, calling you, leaving voicemails, sending you emails. Tom, does this sound familiar? <laughs> so, so instead, let's get a grip and set the, set these boundaries, communications boundaries at the very beginning of the relationship. What this does is, is, and here's, here's the, the, the counterpoint. The fear is, oh my gosh, I'm going to sound like I'm difficult. No. That's why you said we're both likely, you, me, right? Both likely to miss a message. So let's pick one area, one way to communicate. Let's talk about the best timing for communication. And this is how professionals establish a business relationship. This is, this is not about you being available all the time. That sounds desperate and needy. It sounds like you don't have a life and it's sad and people feel sorry for you. And when people feel sorry for you, guess what they do? They start feeling guilty and they feel you expect them to be available all the time as well. So your insecurity or your sense of, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to be available all the time, is making them feel like they have to be available all the time. And that, frankly, is why it's so darn exhausting to be a buyer or a seller. Because we as consumers, your clients, are trying to keep up with your expectations just like you're trying to keep up with ours. And all it requires is this script to solve that problem. Let's pick one way that we should communicate with each other and set that expectation with everyone. So not just your clients, but realtors, home inspectors, everybody. Email me or call me. Now notice, I did not say text or Facebook message. I've kind of stepped back from that stance, although I, I 
there's there's a there's a beauty to to uh, the rapidness of being able to do that. But here's the problem. It is really hard. I mean, we're talking about legal agreements here. We're talking about making sure that we are crystal clear with each other about what's what we're doing or not doing. And some of the texting conversations and Facebook messaging conversations that I've had with people on this call have led me to believe that uh, for short conversations, it's fine. Like, you know, hey, check out this postcard or I like what Kelly and I do. You know, I need to put together a postcard or I need to do this. You know, can you help me? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But when you start to explain how something works or what's actually happening, what sequence of events is happening, that needs to be an email. First of all, because you have you have to have written uh, proof, an email trail of the type of things that you've communicated with your client. That's always a good thing to have, especially if, you know, let's just say something harmless happens, like their computer dies, um, that you would have a record and you could resend it to them. But if there ever was any question about who communicated what, now you have a trail, right? So the thing about text and Facebook messaging, you also have a trail. It's on your phone or in your Facebook account. But the problem is it leads to too many opportunities for misunderstanding, all right? Because you're reading a tiny screen and you might skip the word don't or can't or won't and you misinterpret it, you respond. It creates bad emotions, and we don't want that with our clients. <laughs> no, that's not good. So I would suggest that you say call or email. You know, let's pick one, which is the best way to communicate with you. Tell me the timing. And that way we can we can count on that. Now, our conversations don't have to be limited to that. Uh, but But we want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of what the default or the preferred way and the preferred timing is. Okay, and as things change, if I need to call you at a different time, I will let you know. So let's pick one and use that one primarily is the way you would say that. Also, since we both work, right, stand up for your, your profession for heaven's sakes. You work. You're not available all the time. It kills me when I see people, you know, call me, any, real estate agents, call me anytime. Why? Do you not have a life? Are you that desperate for work that I could call you at 2 in the morning? Or even at 7 o'clock at night when you're playing with your children or your grandchildren? That's okay with you? Wow. I don't know if I want you as my realtor because that sounds desperate and needy. And that means you're probably not very successful. Subconscious mind, how the subconscious mind and its logic works. If you don't have boundaries, it shows that you're needy and desperate and that you, you can't get where you need to go. And so therefore you are available all the time. So if you have that anywhere on any of your marketing, please get rid of it. Um, so um, you can say, um, are there certain times that are better for me to reach out to you if I do need to call? The best times for me tend to be 8 in the morning, so early in the morning, middle of the day, or at the end of the day. You know, do any of those work for you? So, And, and that is how business people talk. They don't just say, well, call me anytime if you have any questions. <laughs> no, you're busy. You also open the door to you not being able to respond and telling them that you would, right? So these are ways that you guys get caught up in a lot of commitment and, and fear of missing out and setting the wrong expectations and the wrong boundaries that create a lot of the stress that you feel when you have five clients at once. 
Okay, you're trying to be people pleasers. Knock it off. Um, you've swung the spectrum. You've swung the pendulum too far in the opposite direction. Try to go center here. And Jerry, I know that um, you probably do this too, because it's one of those things where it's really easy to get caught up in and helping people. Right? You guys are all helpers. And so that creates, um, it creates this different kind of relationship. So the other thing that's important is by establishing these communication rules, these boundaries, you're commanding respect. And I say this because I love you guys. Your, your profession is not one that has a lot of respect in it. You are in a service industry, which means that, <laughs> which means that, um, people think that you're there to serve them. You are not a slave to your clients. You are not um, a slave to the home inspector or to the title company or to the loan officer or to the other realtor. You are a professional. And in order to demonstrate that professionalism, you must have boundaries. That's why boundary management is the second skill you must have, okay? Make sense? So, um, you know, ultimately, um, when you're commiserating with your loved ones, um, you should never say, and, and I've heard this from several of you, uh, you know, oh, I'm working 15 hour days, I'm exhausted. Um, if, you, if you meant I'm available 15 hours per day, that's different because you have drive time or whatever. But you still shouldn't be saying that. The longest amount of time you should be spending is 12 hours, all right? But even then, it, you should be working a 10-hour day at most when, you're, when you have five clients. And so this has a lot to do with task management and setting priorities, setting boundaries, determining what time of day you're going to um, evaluate or read and, and respond to emails. Make sure that you don't get caught up in um, you know, something that's happening on Facebook or something's happening socially. Remember, if you were doing uh, a corporate job, you wouldn't be able to break out and do a phone call with a friend or uh, be able to read through all of the different email um, uh, promotions and things that you get. Uh, even if they are informative and helpful. So uh, you wouldn't have time to do that. Corporate America does not allow you to do that. You're focused on the work for them. Same is true in real estate. This is a, this is a job. This is a career. You have to commit your time to doing those things first. And then what I do is usually in the evening or on weekends is when I catch up on my other emails. So Jennifer asked a question, um, I had to make boundaries because I'm a workaholic. Yes, I know that feeling and need to make um, stop dead time. That's good. Um, uh, so I could spend time with my four kids and it has helped, but it is hard. Yes. Uh, but you know why it's hard is there's the FOMO thing, fear of missing out. And because we're afraid that so we're afraid we're going to miss a communication we're afraid that someone's going to judge us and it's not true we're working as hard as we possibly can so i'm not a psychologist but 
But that's something you have to work on. And the reason why it's hard, and congratulations for doing it. I'm, I'm very proud of you, Jennifer, because it is hard. Um, but you've got to do it. So you have to stop, you know, and pick a time. You know, if I were you guys, I would say 7 o'clock. You know, at 7 o'clock, everything, you know, you're not available. So, and you can even say that to the client and say, you know what, you have a life, I have a life. Um, you know, let's have this conversation tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, you know, when we're both fresh. You, There's plenty of ways that you can word this so that it sounds um, like you're just being professional. Uh, but you need to you need to have a boundary. I guarantee you at five clients per month, you're going to be going crazy if you don't do this. And worse yet, you're going to start making mistakes. You're going to either make mistakes in the transaction, which is really bad. Like <laughs> that's probably the worst. You're going to create health issues. So typically if you're an emotional eater, which I think, you know, 60% of the population or 70% of the population is, you're under stress, you're going to have a couple glasses of wine, you're going to eat like everything in the house that's not good for you, or you'll go out to dinner and eat and clear your plate because you're stressed. There's better ways to live your life. So, so by having boundaries, and the next one we're going to talk about is expectation management. So we, we, we reward ourselves for the torture we're putting ourselves through during that 15 hours. And that's ultimately um, not the way to live your life. And that's one of the reasons why I say Power Words, Power Profit allows you as a real estate agent to live the life you deserve. The, live the lifestyle and the life you deserve. Ice cream. Yeah, yeah Kelly. So... Um, so this is why this is so important. So you're either going to make a mistake uh, on your transaction. You're going to give up family and friends. Your socialization, which is so critical to your mental health and your mental well-being, otherwise known as your sanity, as well as your ability to relax. Because if you have cortisol running through your bloodstream all the time, it's high stress. It creates heart disease, diabetes, all sorts of stuff. So not good for your health either, guys. So these three skills are critical to your success, and those are the three reasons why. You, you really don't want to make any of those mistakes. So let's talk about expectation management, because this is, where, this is where the rubber hits the road, and it's kind of an awkward conversation. So um, when you're in any relationship, you need to set expectations, and the earlier you set them, the better life goes. So for instance, if, if you get married and, uh, you know, uh, the, the, your husband says, you know, okay, we agreed on, you were going to have two kids and you say, oh no, I've decided I want 10. You know, he kind of falls off the chair and says, we, we need to talk. You know, we talked about two kids, right? So you set an expectation at the very front of a relationship. You don't kind of throw it in there and go, well, you know what? I'm really not available after seven o'clock, you know, about, you know, 30 days into this client relationship. Um, instead, say, let's, you know, so we've talked about boundaries. So uh, primary way to communicate and primary timing. Again, this does not exclude, uh, you know, having to make an emergency call. All right. That we get that. But what I'm hearing from you guys and what I've heard for over 3,500 coaching hours of real estate agents is that 
you're obsessed, like what Jennifer said. It's an obsession to, well, all I need to do is one more thing. All I need to do is one more thing. You're pushing your body and your mind harder and harder every day. And you're affecting your life, your health, and and, and the transaction, by the way. Because when that person calls you the next morning when you haven't been sleeping and you've been working so hard, you're not exactly, you know, Mary Sunshine. You're more like... All right, well, I'll get right on that, right? Tone difference, the interaction is different. Um, it's, it's, there's nothing good about this situation, all right? And that's why I wanted to do this coaching session today. So set these expectations up front, and people will respect them, and they're going to respect you. They may even start to respect real estate, right? But if you, and, and I know there's people on this call that do this, uh, <laughs> is if you're, you know, I'm here to help and I'm going to do everything for you and let me let me stage your home for you and all that kind of stuff and uh it's it's too much. It is impossible to actually um make everybody happy. So most people won't even appreciate you going above and beyond. But you're doing it because you think they do. And even if they do, so Jerry, I'm thinking of the client that you helped with staging her house. Uh, you know, she hugged her and she was crying and she's like, oh, you're the best. You know, that relationship's in the past now. But Jerry gave up a good part of her time and her, her you know, created a bunch of stress for herself and had no time for her, her husband because she gave all that stuff up to this person. And yeah, it was helpful, but was it necessary? Did it have to happen? And why not give the homeowner that responsibility? Create a checklist for us homeowners. So that's part of this expectation management, right? So um, on Power Words Power Profit, I have a buyer's um, consultation checklist. It's for you guys, not for them. Uh, they actually, there's a home buyer, uh, home, uh, home buying checklist, so, Granted, the names are probably a little misleading, but home buying checklist is uh, something that they you can print off and give to your home buyers so they can compare equally each home, right? So you want to print that off. But the home, the buyer consultation checklist, that's what it's called. Buyer consultation checklist is notes for you on everything that you need to do. And part of it is giving your home buyers and your home owners homework. Um, pardon the pun, um, so so that they have skin in the game because it's so easy to um, to just step aside and say, you don't need to do anything. I'm going to make this easy for you, right? And we talked about how, um, you know, the iBuyer situation with Open Door and Knock and Purple Brick and all those different entities that are out there now um, making it easy for me to get rid of my house. Granted, it's going to cost me some money, but there, a lot of people would say, um, if I can get a price for my house that's ballpark what I need or expect, and I don't have to do an open house, I don't have to deal with a realtor, and it will be done in 10 days, that's worth a lot of money to me. That's why that's happening. It's fast and convenient. One and done. And so, if if you're 
um, want so so your tendency would then be well let me make this as easy as possible I'll do everything for you well that's that's not really you're not really adding value there so much what you want to do is say all right so um, I'm going to here's and, and you could create a portfolio basically a a binder that says these are the different colors of curtains. You can buy them at Penny's or at Amazon, but you want solid cut curtains. You want them floor to ceiling so that it makes the windows look longer. Um, any furniture outside of these dimensions needs to be put into storage. You know, have a, sh a quick checklist, and actually I could create that for you. Um, you know, that's, that, that basically says homeowner prep, right? So things that you need to do, and Tom, I know you go through and set the expectation of the process, but if we don't, and I think all of you do that, um, if you don't give them something that they're supposed to do, so professionally clean the house, I know that they're going to do it themselves. <laughs> but um, even if they do, it's like get the ratty towels out of the bathroom, you know, the, <laughs> have those underneath in the cabinet underneath the sink. Um, but put out the pretty towels all the time in case someone's showing the house. Um, it's those little things that make them feel like they're participating and helping in the process. So that ownership is important. And if you're going to do everything for them, um, you know, it's important that, um, that you give them something to do. So, um, so Kelly, I just saw your part where you said you asked how they like to communicate. Um, be sure that, okay, so this is words, because that's what I do. Rather than ask, how would you like to communicate? Say, what is your preferred primary communications tool? And I would leave text out. I would do call or email these days for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Um, so just want to make sure that, that was clear, because uh, I just saw that comment. Um, the other thing that I've heard uh, is, well, there's two things. One is, don't provide all the details to everything to the homeowner or the buyer all at once. Like there's, you, you, you've heard of the, if you, if you go to a training session, you only retain 10%. And that's the reason why um, reinforcement training is so important is because you're not gonna remember 90% of what you were taught. You'll take away one or two nuggets is our, is our usual way of putting it. Uh, and that'll be it. So that's a problem because you lost 90% of that content. So think of this as a, those nesting dolls. <laughs> Start out with the big doll first that's high level. Here's the standard process for buying a home or here's the five steps to selling a home. As we enter each step, remove the big doll, smaller doll. I'm going to walk you through the details of that, those steps and then pull the doll off third little baby doll saying then we're going to work through what you have to sign, what you have to prepare for, uh, that type of stuff. Okay. So you're, don't walk them through, then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. Stages. Okay. If they ask you, well, then what happens? Well then, yeah, sure. But, but again, say, well, how much level of detail do you want me to go to? This is a conversation guys. Don't feel like you have to build your credibility and know everything at the very beginning of the process. And they certainly don't. They're just panicking. And if they're panicking, there's a different reason for that. It's not that they want more knowledge. It's that you need to provide a different level of reassurance to say, look, there's no risk in this right now. There's no issue here. These are the things you need to do. Stay focused on what you need to do in this stage 
big doll, this stage, and as we move through the stages, you will always have a little bit of responsibility. That's an entirely different conversation than I know that you guys have today. So, the next thing is, think about what I just said about Open Door and Purple Brick and OfferPad and all those guys. Convenience and speed, all right? One of the things that started to happen in Phoenix, and I'm sure it happens any place where the, there's low inventory, is how the heck do you get the seller out of the house fast enough? Now, the thing is, is that with the iBuyer model, it's pretty much, you get to pick your move date, but we want you out as quickly as possible because they're going to take that house. They don't buy perfect homes. They buy homes that need granite countertops and new cabinets and take a wall out and have an open concept, paint the place, whatever it takes. They're not going to buy something that's pristine and it's already been staged and remodeled. So they want, they don't want to hold on to, as we talked about a couple of sessions ago, I think it was episode 68 and 69. Oh, 67 and 68 um, was about um, their turnaround time is typically Open doors, I think, is 30 days and um, 24 to 30 days, and offer pads was 30 to 45 days. So they want you out quickly. <laughs> so no matter what, um, avoid taking on responsibility for the seller and their life once the home is sold. Now, I know that's really hard to do. So first of all, in the closing date, when you're creating the closing date, you have to have that conversation. But I would suggest in setting expectations, expectation management, in the probably even the listing consultation, ask, are you ready to move in 30 days? Do you have some place to go? I'm not saying the house is going to sell in 30 days. I'm just saying that, you know, a buyer can already be pre-approved. The loan process can close in 21 days. And you, you, if if all went well, and and in this neighborhood, you should know specific to zip code because that makes a difference in the price range that you're at. The average days on market is whatever it might be, um, and and so you get a feel for from the seller perspective when you got to have all your stuff ready to go. <laughs> the thing is, is most of us can't pack that fast, and you don't want to have boxes around. Um, but but where I would offer value then is if you want to be ready to move, um, maybe what you do as the realtor, and maybe this is part of the listing consultation, is pay for one month of a pod. I think that's what they're called. Um, the containers, storage containers. Um, and And say, as part of helping you get prepared, I will pay one month towards your pod storage so that you're making that transition faster. Now the next element is if they say, well, no, I'm thinking about post-occupancy. Um, that's a really, so that didn't, didn't used to be a thing. Um, certainly not as much as I've heard it lately, which, is, which means the house is sold fast. Um, but it's like, you know what? Um, you as the realtor, that's, that's, that's after the sale. That is their problem. If you take on, well, what if the seller doesn't have some place to move? Well, that's the seller's problem. The seller has friends, seller has families, seller can rent month to month, seller's job, right? And so if you're taking on that responsibility, 
think about this. Open door in, in, in Phoenix uh, has, you know, they're, they're flipping about 130 homes per, um, per month, which is crazy. Um, so, and, and the whole concept behind open door, by the way, is they have a, a, um, it's from 6am to, I want to say 5pm or 6pm. It's a 12, I think it's like 12 hours of a open house every day. <laughs> so, so when you hold an open house, it's once every couple of weeks uh, they have one every day. Um, so that's the whole philosophy, right? Is that you can go into that house anytime. So if, if that rapidity, that fast sale is so valuable now and it's growing, then this concept of worrying about the seller and where they're going to live is, is truly not something you should be spending your time and you need to set that expectation. This is not your problem. Now, of course, um, not a thing here in Seattle. Oh, that's good to know. But I think it shouldn't be a thing here in Phoenix either. All of a sudden, real estate agents are taking on the seller's problems. And to me, that's boundary management. You are not these people. And, and Jerry, I feel like this may be an issue for you as well. Because for those people who are more empathetic, who, who really want to overextend themselves, you take on other people's problems and try to solve them. That is not part of your job. It is not profitable for you to be concerned about that. Can you be empathetic? Yes, but you do not need to solve the problem. The only time you need to solve that problem is when you're in the process of negotiation where you ask the um, buyer's agent, can the seller post-occupy for an additional two weeks? And so... That, you know, or whatever the time is. If they say no, you just go back to the seller and say, you know, you're going to have to come up with an alternative. This is, that's not going to happen with this deal. So, um, do you want to take the offer or not? I mean, ultimately, you've got to run this as a business, not as a best friend helping everybody out uh, or a parent helping everybody out because it will cost you, you will um, take on too much, um, you will lose money, you will, when you're spending time um, taking care of other people outside of the realm of your responsibilities as a real estate agent or realtor, you then are giving up, time is money. You could be working on another deal you could be working on your marketing to drive more traffic to your website or to, to meet with a, a lead or, or, uh, or another client. Instead, you're, you're overextending yourself, okay? And we know what happens when you overextend yourself. So Kelly said, the lawyers up here don't like it if uh, uh, they want the sellers to move out on closing. Too much can happen after closing with the sellers in the house they don't own anymore. That's a very good point. Uh, so, so for those of you who have cus uh, sellers any place else in the country, that's a very good point. Um, and I would agree with that too. The seller shouldn't post-occupy. Uh, we've gotten away from closing plus three days. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, and I, I think that, you know, it's a matter of if you want to sell your house, then get the heck out. That's just the rule. And the problem is too, is that we're being too wishy-washy. This is a business. Corporate America would not tolerate, you signed an agreement, this is happening, that's that's it. So no wishy-washy anymore. Okay, 
Now, it, back to this, you know, why is it that, um, you know, setting expectations and why this is so important. At the end of every call, at the end of every email, say, state when they will hear from you again. Okay, that because there's the there's the home buyer, Jerry. I know you know this, uh, who or home owner, um, which I know all of you have heard from, is you know. Well, I have one more question. I have one more question. They're constantly calling you. It's because you didn't establish boundaries and set expectations. That's not their fault. You didn't do what you were supposed to do as a business professional. So take ownership of it, and you can have this conversation at any point to say. Um, I will talk with you tomorrow. You take that first call. It's a panic or whatever. And you can say, okay, well, you know, it's okay. We got this covered. Da, 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 da. I will talk with you again on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever that is. It doesn't have to be later on this afternoon. You are not at these people's beck and call. And, and you, you have to focus on getting more business. The reason why most agents struggle paycheck to paycheck is because they're, there's, <laughs> we were joking about this a couple of years ago. I said, how much per hour do you guys make based on how much you time you invest with your clients? And there were numbers like $10 an hour with one client, maybe $4 an hour. Was, she was being funny. But, but in reality, the more time that you spend outside the boundaries of your responsibilities, the less money you're going to make. And those people don't care. They don't care if you pay your bills. They don't care if you're stressed. I mean, you know, they're not mean people, but it's not their problem. It's your problem. So at the end of every email and call, set the expectation of when you're going to be talking or communicating with them next. If you're concerned at all, which is where that self-esteem and, and issues with trying to overperform, outperform, or overwork, to use Jennifer's term, or the workaholic, um, then check in with your clients about how you're doing. Say, how am I doing? See how easy that was? So how am I doing? Are you feeling comfortable with the process? You know, are, and with the amount of information that I'm sharing, um, you know, do you have any concerns at this point? And so that way, if you ask them that maybe once a week, once every 10 days, two weeks, that way you're you're feeling better, they're happy, or if they have any issues, now you've gotten it out on the table and you've resolved it before the end where the closing is. But bear in mind, again, this is not your job to worry about all of the details. Your job is a legal transaction of helping somebody sell their home or help them find a home and you get paid appropriately. So, um, Make sure that this is a process. The, the other reason why I came up with this topic is that when we talk about these iBuyers and self-service, so self-service would be homie.com as an example, um, but there's more of them out there. Um, the reason why they're popular is fast, they're speedy, they're convenient. I don't have to deal with you. So that's why this is so important is that if you make this an elaborate, lengthy process and you don't keep it simple and high level, people will avoid you. The message that's coming through with these new business models, these new brokerage models, or they're not so new, many of them started back in 2010, um, but the reason why they're becoming so popular is because maybe we're over communicating. <laughs> As agents, maybe what we're doing is we're saying too much. 
we're making it too dramatic. And then if somebody else is being the drama queen or king, walk away and say, you know what, it's Kelly, you did this. It's like, you know what, um, this is not going to work. This is not a good match. So I wish you all the best and, um, you know, good luck with that. That's okay. You can do that. And it's better for your sanity. And, and not every, every lead is a client. Not every lead is a good client. And you do need, if you're not walking away from any of them, you are probably spending too much time with some of these people. And again, when you spend too much time with people, you're sacrificing your well-being, your bank account, and your ability to live the life you deserve. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with that. Again, the three skills that you must have to supply your bank account with, you know, potentially unlimited income is task management. So go on the PowerWord site under um, section four of module one and download this and write out plan tomorrow today. Boundary management. Make sure that you set expectations of how you will communicate. Again, avoiding text and Facebook messaging because those are more instantaneous and a lot of communication uh, could be incorrect or misinterpreted, including tone. No faster way to piss somebody off than to say something where you're being lighthearted and they take it personally. So boundary management and then expectation management where you have to set the expectation of what your role is, where your responsibilities start and where they stop. You are not professional stagers. Unless you plan on charging for that service, do not do that. You are a realtor. And by the way, you're accepting liability. If you put stuff in their house to help them stage it and you are not a professional stager, they can then say you are the reason and your crap was why their house didn't sell fast enough. So let's just avoid all that complexity and keep you on task. So if you have any questions about this, email me at Pam at PowerWordsPowerProfit.com or Facebook message me here and I'll give you that email address so we can do that conversation elsewhere. Um, but thank you for your time. I hope you found this helpful. I hope you helped because things are about to get really crazy for most of the country in real estate. I want you to be successful, but I want you to have those boundaries, set those expectations and manage those tasks. Okay. You guys, I wish you all the luck and um, lots of profitability. If you have any questions, you know how to find me. Take care and have a great rest of your week.